Anabogatskaya. 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 <laughs> Can't even say it three times. <laughs> uh, and another two. What did you make of Candyman? <sighs> okay. And let me first set the scene. Because this has probably been one of my most anticipated films of the year. It's been one of the most anticipated horror films of the year. It was due for release last year. Obviously got pushed back because of the Panini. And I believe the, the filmmaker Nia Da Costa and Jordan Peele's production company. Jordan Peele's the producer. And Sorry, did you call the it film. the Panini? Yes, I called it a Panini. <laughs> I've been calling it the Panini for the whole show. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were talking about a, a flattened sandwich. No, no, the global panini. I refuse, you know, I refuse to engage with <laughs> pandemic chat anymore. I'm done with it. It is panini from now on. More power to you. Sorry, I interrupted you. Candyman. <laughs> so <laughs> the filmmaker Nia DaCosta and uh, co-writer and producer Jordan Peele kind of have gone, have stated that they wanted people to see this film in a cinema, especially for the collective experience of watching it, which I think was very wise for this film. And it is both is and isn't a remake and a sequel. It is a reimagining and a sequel at the same time of the 1992 Bernard Rose Candyman. Uh, so it isn't trying to go for Candyman 2 or 3 or 5. There was two sequels to the original Candyman in the 90s, but let's not really talk about them. They kind of go in a different direction that's not as interesting. But this kind of directly links with the original, but at the same time, and I think this is really important to stress, it does not need for anyone to watch Bernard Rose's Candyman in order to be able to go and see Nia da Costa's Candyman and enjoy it and completely have a unique experience with it. I think it really succeeds in working both on the level of a sequel and on the level of a standalone horror film that is very much works by itself and works for now. So the basic premise of the film is kind of similar to... Um, to the original 90s Candyman is Candyman is an urban legend specific to the 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 area of Cabrini Green which started off as projects in the city of Chicago and as we start this film have been kind of redeveloped gentrified bougified and we follow our lead character of Anthony McCoy, who's played by Yada Abdul-Mateen II, and, and his art, who's an artist, an up-and-coming artist, and his art dealer, gallery owner, girlfriend, Brianna, played by Teona Paris, who is extraordinary in this film, as she always is. And they kind of learn of this urban legend of the Candyman, this man who uh, was is presumed to have lived, fell in love uh, with with a white woman and was lynched and tortured and transformed into this urban legend when if you say his name into a mirror five times he would appear and he would slaughter you he he was played in the original film by tony todd um and has this you know very impressive statuesque appearance he wears a long coat and he has a hook instead of one of the ha instead of one hand and he's often surrounded by bees and all of this kind of relates back to the way that he was tortured and murdered by a mob of people and 
this becomes a fascination of Antony. So he's an artist and, and he's a little bit stuck and he starts thinking and exploring the area that's new to him, the area of Cabrini Green and exploring these urban legends and how Candyman and the story of Candyman has been retold, repurposed, shifted, transformed, made into cautionary tales and also made, you know, into its own exploration of what it of you know how stories are told how stories are preserved who becomes the villain who becomes the hero who becomes a protector or an avenger and what's really impressive about this film is that it's it has so much work to do and i think it's so beautiful even in its goriest the most um kind of bloodiest of murder set pieces they are fantastically set up incredibly aesthetically pleasing which sounds weird talking about a horror film but it is and it really pokes fun as well at the art world and i think it's really important that both anthony and brianna operate within the art space because the humor of Candyman is poking fun at that and it's kind of poking fun at uh, class issues within the millennial generation as well of trying to reinvent yourself, of trying to penetrate an impenetrable world, um, of trying to acknowledge and accept and maybe, you know, discuss within yourself what is your role in the process of gentrification what is your role in terms of your relationship with your ancestors with the stories that you've been told about your ancestors how you relate to them how you use them to make your own work and how you continue them so these are the themes of Candyman, and then at the same time, there's so much misdirection going on in this film that I don't really want to talk about. If anybody's seen the trailers, so some of the stuff is like quite evident from the from the very beginning. And again, there's very smart connections to the 1992 film. So for anyone who's not seen the film, and you don't have to, you really don't have to see it. It's not a sequel that requires you to know everything that goes on in the film. It's pretty much summarized and explained in this film. But I think that Nia da Costa does so many incredibly smart and beautifully precise choices in this film specifically with how she plays out with the horror and with the unveiling and revealing of certain characters and certain um twists in the narrative that it's it's very very smart and it's very evocative it doesn't have that sort of romantic um otherworldly vibe that the 1992 has and i don't think it's even trying to go for it i think it's trying to do something very different i think it, it's quite on the nose with some of its political messaging it, it uses uh, particular slogans and, and phrases that are resonant of of some of the political narratives that are that have been happening for a long time now, but specifically over the last year. And maybe that's a bit on the nose. Fine. But I think in terms of what it's trying to explore about the notion of storytelling and the notion of, of legends and and legacy is so much stronger thematically comes through so much stronger for me i think it's absolutely works as a horror film it's creepy it's tense i think there's great performances in it it's gorgeous to look at if you don't like bees i'm so sorry there's a lot of bee action in here um they are <laughs> 
uh, a supporting actor in this film and one of the kind of the the markers of Candyman visually and definitely of the marketing campaign of this film. But I really do hope that Nia Costa continues making horror films and continues making genre films because she's got such a wonderful eye for kind of a gruesome Grand Guignol-esque set piece. And she really knows how to kind of give her actors a space to kind of veer into the unlikable sphere as well a little but there's particular moments with Anthony in particular where I'm like oh oh we're we're rooting for him but should we be should we be there's there's elements as well of kind of that artistic narcissism that I found very endearing about him and I just want to point something out that's been kind of a a bugbear of mine with this film since it was announced and since we saw the first trailer maybe a year ago and obviously the release got postponed a lot of people have been conflating Jordan Peele with Candyman and I realized why I mean he's a I mean he's an incredible actor performer writer director producer he's breathed new life into the genre space with Get Out but he did not direct this film. Let's let's put some respect on on Nia DaCosta's name. This is not Jordan Peele's Candyman. This is Nia DaCosta's Candyman. She directed it. She co-wrote it. This is her film. And I think that's important. And it's been a real... It's been really annoying, actually, to see her name be erased from the conversation about this film. Precisely because, you know, maybe her name is not yet as well known as, as Peele's is. But... I think, especially within the media, it's our responsibility to continue to be accurate, first of all, and at the same time to give credit where credit's due. As much as we venerate the director role, for some reason, we keep forgetting that this is Nia DaCosta's Candyman. So if I keep referring to it as that, it's because I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that it's she directed this film, she co-wrote it, it's her version of Candyman.